Welcome to Mom 2.0. Hi, I'm Vicky. Over the past three years, I've gone from having so little energy I needed three reasons to go upstairs to waking up full of energy and genuinely enjoying time spent with my kids. In this podcast, I share everything that I've learned that has helped me so that it can help you too. I cover a wide range of topics, everything from stress to nutrition, and my hope is that this podcast will take you from tired to inspired so you have the energy you need to enjoy life the way you deserve to. Today I want to talk a little bit about muscle. It's a subject that women tend to stay away from. We are generally more focused on things like losing weight or getting rid of fat, being thin, all of these terms that are actually really damaging to the way that we see ourselves and the outcomes we are getting by chasing these are almost never what we had in mind. Rather we should be focusing on gaining muscle in order to burn fat. I talked in a previous episode about metabolic health, what it means to be healthy on the inside. So much of what we do is chasing a desired body composition, not actual health. Dr. Gabriella Lyon, she talks about muscle-centric medicine, which I find completely fascinating. And so I wanted to share a little bit about what I've learned listening to her. Something that she says over and over and over is that we are not over fat, we are under-muscled. So basically, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Dr. Lyon believes that all of these diseases, like obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and others, they begin in muscle first. Those diseases, they are directly linked to blood sugar levels, and muscle is the primary way in which our bodies dispose of glucose. One study suggests that skeletal muscle is responsible for over 80% of glucose uptake. That's huge. If you remember from the previous episode on glucose, when we have too much glucose in our blood for sustained periods, that leads to insulin resistance. The more muscle we have, however, means that we can use more of that glucose. More of it can be put into our muscles for energy. This is the reason why you might eat the same as your husband, yet you gain more fat than he does. Because generally speaking, men tend to have more muscle than women so they burn more than women. I heard this hilarious guy on Instagram, and he was talking about this whole idea of women not wanting to weight train because they're worried about getting bulky. And he pointed out how absurd this idea is, seeing that in order to get bulky, you have to train and eat in very large quantities. To illustrate his point, he said, when I get into my car, I'm not afraid that I'm going to turn into a NASCAR driver So don't freak out about gaining muscle. It takes more than three gym sessions a week to get bulky. A lot more. Beyond weight management, muscle is also critical for longevity. Muscle makes up about 40% of your body and it's the largest organ system in your body. As we age, we start losing muscle, which puts us at risk for many health issues such as osteoporosis, for example, which is a lot more common in women than it is in men. Dr. Lyon points out in one interview that the one critical factor of survivability in all 
cancers is muscle mass. So this means that your ability to survive cancer, any cancer, is directly related to your muscle mass. This muscle loss, it starts happening sometime in our 30s. And the rate at which it's lost depends on our activity levels and diet, particularly your protein intake. So let's talk about protein. It's so confusing for anyone trying to eat healthy. What does that even mean? There's so many conflicting arguments about what's healthy and what's not. And if you go to your Dr. Google, you're going to get even more confused because you can find supporting evidence for all of it. In the episode I did on metabolic health, I talked about the idea that's imposed on us by diet culture, that we just need to cut calories, eat less, exercise more. And this is so damaging to our overall well-being and really isn't the way forward. See, 100 calories from fries is not the same as 100 calories from a baked potato. They interact with our body in very different ways. And while one is a satiating food, baked potato, the other, fries, causes us to consume way more than we normally would or search out other foods because it isn't satisfying our nutrient needs. And the addition of that seed oil is going to cause its own problems. But that's a story for another episode. Then there's this whole carbs are bad, fat makes you fat, protein will give you cancer dilemma. Except even though these are widely accepted beliefs, they aren't true, especially without context. Dr. Lyon actually points out a lot of scientific data proving that protein does not, in fact, increase your risk of cancer. I'll link to her podcast in the show notes so you can listen for yourself. Here's the simple version. Carbs come in a lot of different forms. Real food in its whole unprocessed form is not bad. Once that food is taken, turned into something else in a factory, that's where the problem comes in. Because carbs are used in almost every ultra-processed food, that's why they get a bad rep. As for fat making you fat, again, not true. Fat is an essential nutrient, and as with carbs, where you get your fat from matters. Things like avocados, nuts, olives, fish, meat, These things, they're all good sources of fat. And if your primary source of fat is, say, seed oil or vegetable oil, like canola, rapeseed, sunflower oil, these fats, they undergo such crazy processing, including bleaching and deodorizing, that by the time they get to you, they're unrecognizable as food and they're terrible for your body, no matter what the label tells you. And then we have protein. And now the fight is about animal versus plant protein. Which is better for you? Which is better for the planet? And as far as the environment goes, the majority of agriculture is to grow food for animals. So yes, that's not great. But when we zoom out a little bit, you see that this is for factory farmed animals. Factory farmed meaning close quarters, antibiotics, growth hormones, no natural light. They are just bred for their dairy and meat supposedly to feed the growing number of people on the planet. Yet, even with all the talk about being able to feed the world and the growing demands, one third of all food is wasted. One third. So it's not that we need more food, it's that our food system is broken, it needs repair. More than that, you can consume 100 grams of steak from a grass-fed cow and 100 grams of steak from a factory farm cow and there will be a large variation in nutrients between the two. When you eat quality food, 
you actually need less because you're getting the nutrients that your body requires in order to function properly. That being said, it is also very possible to be a healthy vegetarian. You just have to work a lot harder to meet your protein requirements. Dr. Lyon believes that the current dietary recommendations for protein intake is the bare minimum that you need for survival, not for optimal health and longevity. She actually points out some data stating that in wartime, injured soldiers were given higher protein and they had a 50% improvement in the time it took to heal. So we should really be aiming for about one gram of protein per pound of desired body weight. So let's say you weigh 160 pounds. I normally work in kgs, but for this I do it in pounds and it's really easy to just Google the conversion. So if you weigh 160 pounds, but you want to weigh 150 pounds, you would aim for about 150 grams of protein per day. Split that into three meals and that's 50 grams of protein per meal. Now 50 grams of protein can be quite a lot. So if this is new to you, start at 30. And if you want, you can add a protein shake, clean one without fillers, to make up for the rest of your protein intake. It's also important to remember that 30 grams of protein does not mean 30 grams of chicken or fish or quinoa. To get 30 grams of protein, you would need to eat about 170 grams of salmon or about 120 grams of chicken breast. If you use an online tool, something like MyFitnessPal, to help you with this, when you put a food in there, it tells you how much protein is in it. And it also gives you the amount of carbs and fats. This app, and there are actually quite a few apps, are great if you want to take things a step further and aim for specific macronutrients. But for now, if you just start by basing your meal around getting sufficient protein and fill the rest of your plate with vegetables and whatever starch you want, you are going to start noticing a massive difference in your health, your cravings, and your energy levels. When you start eating like this, you are lowering your risk for all preventable diseases and you're going to be bouncing off the walls with energy. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care and have fun.